Hey, Ben, are there five practices that will make us a better leader? It's so funny you'd ask. There are exactly five practices. Let's talk about them. Wow. (laughs) Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. And we're back. We're back. We're back in your ears for another episode. For another episode. Hey, and if you're enjoying these episodes, don't forget to head over to iTunes or really wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a five-star rating and leave a review. We love hearing from you guys and we like reading your reviews on our show. So don't forget to uh, leave a little review and we'll read it right here on the Friday Habit. Love it. Hey, Mark, I have a question for you. I got answers, bro. What is your earliest memory of a leadership position? It doesn't have to be necessarily like something that was given to you, but do you ever remember like your first first time you realized that you might be a leader? Mm. Yeah. You know, and interesting enough, I would say it wasn't that long ago. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, I was in a band for uh, a decade almost, and I was a lead singer of that band. And uh, I was a leader, if you will. Um, but I never quite felt like it. And then I had some jobs where, you know, people looked up to me and I guess they would say that I led them, but I never really felt like a leader then either. Hmm. Interesting. But then my first job, um, I was the as the director of creative media for this uh, real estate tech startup. I um, actually got my first employee where they kind of reported to me. They weren't my employee, oh. but they reported to me. Mm-hmm. And that was the very first time where I really felt like, oh man, like I, I think this person is looking to me to like give them yeah. guidance and, and, and leadership. Yeah. And so really at that point, I really started to uh, you know take that to heart and think about how can I be a better leader? How can I be someone who uh, is worthy to be looked up to? Hmm. Um, and that was, that was probably 2014. So, you know, not gotcha. too that's cool. Yeah. I was just thinking back before we started recording, I was like, I wonder like when I first started becoming aware of like leadership and stuff. And, uh, I actually, it took me back to boy Scouts. I just remembered mm-hmm. immediately. The first thing I remember is, is I think I just joined and I got, uh, I became the quartermaster, you know, I had to go to Sam's before I camp out and like collect like all the food. I got like giant, giant cart full of like eggs to make for the next day and sausage and all that. And I felt like so nervous that I was like going to forget something and everybody would hate me for not bringing you the right food or something. But I remember Boy Scouts being quartermaster. That's not really a leadership position, but it's a position of responsibility, you know? And then I remember soon after that running for patrol leader, you know, Boy Scouts, there's like separate patrols and and we were the wolf patrol. And uh, I took it so seriously that when I won, I like, I designed on my computer this like, whole like cool wolf that I had downloaded and photoshopped it and like added all these cool elements and wrote wolf patrol troop 70 on it. And then I literally like printed it out and got an iron on transfer and ironed it (laughs) onto this canvas. And I, I built this like banner that looked like from like game of Thrones or something (laughs) that had like our wolf patrol flag. Uh, So hardcore. So I don't know. I just, you know, I was a nerd and I took it super seriously. It was pretty fun. But yeah, I just remember, I think that was my first experience with leadership was just being boy scouts and, and uh, that was a good time in my life. 
Yeah, I think that there's probably, you know, some some benefit to that, right? As far as like Boy Scouts taught you that. I think one of those things for me, like I think why it took so long for me to to feel like a leader was because I just had, a, I think, a poor vision of myself, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I didn't think like, oh, why would anyone look up to me or why would anyone want to follow me or like what qualifies me to be a leader? So I think I, I had a lot of like self-discovery that had to take place in order for yeah. me to actually feel that, like that, even though throughout my life, there's been times where I've been put in situations where I've had to like, you know, lead the charge and, you know, make things happen. And, and I always did that. But I, I'm interested, you know, to kind of talk about today's, you know, topic, because I think it's one of those things where the the more that someone can um, understand what that looks like and how that they can apply these things to help them become a better leader, the more they'll have that self-confidence. And then the more that the people that they are leading will have confidence in them, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people don't even think of themselves as leaders, but if you're influencing other people, I think that you're a leader and you have more influence than you realize a lot of times. Yeah, totally. So five practices, (laughs) I liked your intro. There's exactly five practices. No more, no less. These are the only ones. I think I should give a caveat too. I feel like sometimes, like, who are we to give advice? You know, we're just giving from our experience. We don't know everything. And it's funny coming from an authority perspective sometimes on this podcast because, you know, we're just figuring it out and uh, we enjoy it. But but take everything we say with a grain of salt, right? Yes, exactly. All right. Do some Googling after this episode. (laughs) Revolutionary leadership tip number one learn your weaknesses. This is actually one of my favorite ones. Uh, Sophia Amoroso says true success lies in knowing your weaknesses and playing to your strengths. And, um, that has rung really true for me, especially with starting my own business and leadership in my business. Um, one example is for me, I'm a very focused person, so I will be a hundred percent on one thing, but that means everything else in the world fades away. So I might be focusing on a project, but that means if I focus on a project for three days straight, that means no one's getting emails from me for three days straight. And that's a, that's a great recipe to create some angry clients and a bad customer experience. Right. Right. So for me, one of my weaknesses I know is that I'm not great at consistent communication because I'm all in or all out with something. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it's helped me become a better leader and knowing that that's a weakness and that for my team to succeed, I need somebody that can complement and be somebody that's really consistent with communication. So that's why we have Joy on our team because she can do really well at that where I can be great at my focusing and just getting a project done and she can help balance out my weaknesses. Um, so to me, I think just knowing your weaknesses is is super, super helpful. Yeah, I, I, it's it's one of those things where the sooner that you can do that, the sooner you can, I think, find growth, right? Yes. I mean, uh, with with everything, right? When I first started out, just running and gunning, doing everything, emails, videos, photos, editing, all these pieces of the pie I was doing, and I think that that's you know made me scrappy and it made me able to you know get to where I'm at, but. As soon as I was able to work myself out of the things that I wasn't good at, I just saw huge amounts of of growth and consistency and better customer service, all these other kind of things, because I was no longer the one with the keys to everything, you know. And I think as leaders, sometimes it's hard to release those keys, right? When you when you don't want to admit that you have a weakness or that you're not good at something, and so you yeah. kind of hold on to it. And really, it's important for us to, to give those things over and you allow allow yourself to trust somebody else to take those things over. Yeah. And I think it, it actually is helpful to be vulnerable. You know, I used to think that if you're a leader, you have to just pretend you have it all together. But being vulnerable, I think, 
can create more trust with other people because they're like, oh, you're a person too. And in some ways, I've noticed that with the leaders that I've followed, I'm actually, I feel endeared to them when they're like, hey, you know what? I'm really not good at this. Or, hey, guys, I'm having a rough week and sorry if I let you down on this project, you know, or mm-hmm. just admitting weaknesses. It's just like that builds a lot of trust and confidence to me when a, a leader does that. And it doesn't really undermine them like they might expect. Yeah. So, all right. Revolutionary tip number two. All right. Define your why. Mm. Author Simon Sinek says, working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion. So to me, it's it's easy to get caught up in, in work and kind of forget why you're doing what you're doing. And sometimes that can uh, just be discouraging and cause stress. And sometimes, you know, you really are off of your why or you don't even have your why defined. So I think kind of helping define why you're doing what you're doing is really helpful. So for me, um, my company, Knapsack, our mission is to help people be successful at doing what they love. And that really makes me excited because I want to build websites for people that love what they do so that their business can be successful and they can keep doing that. Because when somebody works in something that they love, I know that their life's going to be better. Their family's life's going to be better. You know, if they're stuck at a job they hate, then I just feel like that's just such a drain on their life. So if I can, you know, help them succeed by helping them do something they love, then um, that it gets me excited and helps me filter my decisions too. Yeah. And I think it's, it's about having that, that true North, you know, yeah. when you have your, your why, then you know whether something fits within that or not. It, you know, we, we kind of have, our mission statement, you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily why, but it, it's, it's mm-hmm. really, you know, we're, we're creating a, a lifestyle company that allows us to enrich the lives of the people we work with as mm-hmm. well as, uh, give us the lifestyle that we want to live, you know, yeah. and that's kind of the lens that we put on everything that we do. You know, it's one of those things where we ask ourselves, you know, is this the right project for us to do? Does it fall within something that is enriching to us or are we able to enrich the lives of the people that we're going to be working with? I love uh, one of our, our, one of the guys that we, we both follow, uh, Mike McCowitz. He says, uh, the customer is not always right, but the right customer is always right, hmm. you know? And so it's, it's one of those things are when, when we're working with the right people and we've defined our why, everything that we do, we're able to enjoy more, you know? Yeah. Another kind of example of a, of a mission or a a why that I think is really cool is it's Google. There's just so simple to organize the world's information. Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of genius because it's so simple, but it takes so much work and just thinking about all their products and how they actually do go back towards that goal of organizing the world's information. I think there's a little bit more to it now. I think it's like to organize the world's information and make it accessible and useful to all or something like that. But I think it's just so simple that it's not only like a clear goal, but it's also kind of inspiring because you're like, yeah, I want to get on board with that. sounds really cool. Yeah, didn't they used to have a, like do no evil or something like that? <laughs> Don't be evil. That that was Google, right? It wasn't Facebook. Yeah, I think it was Google. Yeah, yeah, it was Google, yeah. They're, like original one. <laughs> they were in the garage, you know, building servers. Uh-huh. <laughs> Our mission is the do no evil. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wonder if that's still. I should see if that's still on their site. I should Google that. You should Google right. it. <laughs> Number three, make concrete goals. You like how I have quotes with everyone? So I do. You know, there we go. Did. Fantastic. Write this one on your mirror, folks. Get ready. This guy, it's Tony Robbins, motivational speaker. I can't do his voice, but Tony Robbins says, 
setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. So, you know, you can define your why, but unless you kind of take that general why of like to organize the world's information, it's like, okay, but we need to kind of break that down a little bit. <laughs> what do we need to start with first, right? So one thing you, I think this has been around for a long time is this idea of SMART goals. It's like an acronym. Basically, it's it's a few different criteria to help you decide if your goal is a good goal. So SMART goal is specific, measurable, actionable, realistic and time bound. And you can Google that and learn more about that. But that's a good way to um, basically break down uh, your why into some more specific goals and help you move forward. And I think having those specific goals and even writing them on a whiteboard, or um, I actually just ordered a blackboard um, it just came in where we're going to write our quarterly goals and kind of keep it in front of the team. Because sometimes we forget them, you know, we just write it down in a document on our computer somewhere, we don't look at it. But we're going to hang up that blackboard this quarter and be able to see like every day, like, Hey, what did we each say our goals were for this quarter? So it can kind of keep it in front of us. Mm, I, I really love that. Yeah. A quote I, I've heard is, uh, without hard work, a great strategy remains a dream. And without a great mm. strategy, hard work becomes a nightmare. Ooh, snap. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. It's like, it's kind of busted my brain. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Uh, number four, listen to your team. Andy Stanley says leaders who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. Hmm. So one just practical way to do this. I mean, to me, well, two things. One is that with my team, I had to learn to trust them. Sometimes I would maybe at first I kind of discounted, like if they're like, Oh, you know, this part of our process probably should be tweaked because I think it's becoming a recurring problem. I might like kind of sweep it under the rug, like, ah, it probably isn't that bad. Like, you know, I I think it's just probably a one-off thing or something like that. Um, But then after I got into the trenches and I did that same exact thing, I was like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Like this, this is a problem. I didn't realize it. Now when I'm in there, it becomes real to me. Mm-hmm. So that really taught me like, I need to be listening to my team and taking their suggestions more seriously and not just brush it off or say, Oh, it's probably not a big deal. Cause they know better than I do like what's happening on the front lines, like working with a client on a specific project or whatever. So you have to be able to empower and like trust them uh, and, and listen to them to make sure that you can keep improving your company. Yeah, and creating space to listen, right? Yeah, exactly. Something like the Friday habit. Never heard of it. <laughs> so yeah, so that is true. The Friday habit um, it really incorporates this well because um, if you've looked at our our system or listened to other episodes about that, basically throughout the week, people on your t- on our team will submit any problems that come up, any ideas they have. Um, so it's kind of a grassroots kind of thing of like coming up with ideas to make the business better. So we have a Slack channel called Friday. Everybody just submits any ideas that come up throughout the week, just post it into that channel. And then every Friday we have a meeting set aside to talk through each one of those issues or ideas as a team. So it's really cool. It's like a perfect way to systemize listening to your team. So I definitely recommend that if you do want to learn more about that, um, if you go to the Friday and go all the way to the bottom of the page, we have a free download there that talks through how to implement that system in your business. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the other point here you have is, you know, trust your frontline workers, you know, they're closest to the problem, which you kind of mentioned, right? Where yeah. when you have people who are doing things day in and day out. And sometimes I think as, when you're at the top of that food chain or as the leader, you think like, Oh, I know everything. But, uh, yeah, the truth is that, uh, you don't, you don't know everything. That's true. Number five, stay curious. 
Author Brian Tracy says, commit yourself to lifelong learning. The most valuable asset you'll ever have is your mind and what you put into it. Um, so for me personally, I I think I'm a pretty boring person to listen to your talk most of the time. So I'm glad you're on the podcast to make this work. Um, and I love talking with you. <laughs> so I feel like I, my, my strength is not charisma. Like if I was going to be, you know, a leader based on like getting people hyped up about stuff, I think that's not something I would be good at as many cult documentaries as I watch. It hasn't rubbed off on me. I don't know how to be that charismatic leader to convert people's minds. So, uh, I'm still working on that, but I, I do feel like I can lead with ideas and creativity. So even though I don't have that charisma necessarily, I feel like because I'm so curious and I always want to learn a new thing or how to do something better that I can lead with those ideas and people trust me because I can say, Hey, here's an even better way we could do this or bringing in new learning all the time or consuming stuff that's actually going to make our company better. So I think that that's really helped me just be being curious. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you probably have some sources too, but the way I like, I like to learn the most, definitely podcasts are a really big one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mastermind groups, audiobooks. Uh, man, YouTube is such a great resource for so, learning so many things. It's like changed the world. I mean, it's amazing how many great tutorials there are on YouTube. Yeah, if you're not pl- paying for YouTube Premium, like you should because it's totally worth it. No ads. You can listen to stuff uh, in the background, so you can like, you know, close down the app and it will still be playing if you something is you know more audio focused. It's really great that some some company organized the world's video information. I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> That's right. Also, even just like eating lunch with other business owners. I mean, right now it's COVID, so it's a little bit trickier. But even if you can get together, I, I've done a few things where I've like literally over lunch, like, hey, grab your food. I'll grab my food. <laughs> Let's talk over yeah. over Zoom or something, you know, over lunch. And that way you can just kind of catch up and, and share knowledge with other people. Yeah, I think it's so easy to be distracted with non-learning stuff. Yeah. Which I think whenever I'm constantly learning, I'm I'm excited and I'm ready to implement something new. And I think this is one thing that I struggle with as far as sometimes I feel like there's so much information out there and there's yeah. so many things that's like, I I don't even know where to start. But again, that's where it comes with setting goals, right? Putting, mm-hmm. when you get excited about something, it's like, okay, we're going to implement this system or this process, setting that goal, because it's easy to get uh, information overload and then feel, you know, helpless. But, but I, yeah, I think that as a leader, it's so important to be consuming uh, things that are going to inspire you and push you to be better because you will just find that, that your company, everything just operates uh, and moves in a forward trajectory. You know, that if you're not growing, you're dying, they always say. Right. And so if you don't focus on growth, if you don't focus on bettering yourself and and growing your company, um, it'll start to dwindle and, you know, fall apart. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And one other plug for the Friday habit, the the other cool thing about the Friday habit is when you are learning all this stuff, using that system will help you capture those ideas. So like you're saying, there's so much information out there. And honestly, if you're just learning and not implementing anything, that's not really helping you either. So if you follow the Friday habit system, it helps you capture any ideas you have and then helps you review them as a team and actually implement them into your business. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Totally. All right. So to recap, these are the five most quintessential. You don't need anything else. These are the only five. These are them. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you've made it. Okay, here we go. Number one, learn your weakness. Number two, define your why. 
Number three, make concrete goals. Number four, listen to the people around you, to your team. Maybe you don't have a team. Maybe you just have like a mentor or a friend who also has a business that can look into what you're doing. And then number five, stay curious. Never stop learning and always push yourself to to grow. Because what you put in is what you're going to get out. That's right. right. My mom used to always say, garbage in, garbage out. So right. You didn't realize how true that was. <laughs> I know. All right. So action item for this week. I would recommend uh, taking some time to learn a little bit more about your weaknesses. Um, I think it's one of the most valuable things you can do. So I would recommend going to 16personalities.com and take their free personality quiz. Uh, it'll help you learn a little bit more about yourself and help you identify weaknesses you have in life and in business that you might be overlooking. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, uh, and once again, for the third time this episode, go to the FridayHabit.com <laughs> to find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. At the bottom of that page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business all the time. And uh, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating or whatever rating you deem appropriate. We're humble. It could maybe be four stars. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go as low as three, but... You know, three and a half, four, four would be good. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. We can improve, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to the Friday Habit. Hey, until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.